This is the Public Record Podcast. My guest today is Joy Silver, who is the Regional Director for Southern California of the Community Housing Opportunities Corporation, CHOC, or CHOC, I believe you pronounce it. Uh, yes. It's a nonprofit affordable housing developer based in Fairfield, California, and they've been developing a range of affordable housing properties throughout the Coachella Valley, as well as Northern California. Welcome, Joy. Thank you, Ken, and thank you for having me on your show today. Of course, this is my most exciting topic to talk about. Let's begin with uh, what it is you're doing in the Coachella Valley. We have two communities that are currently in the process of being uh, in construction and going vertical. One of those communities is in Palm Springs, and it is called the Monarch, and there will be 60 units. It'll be a mix of one, two, and three-bedroom uh, homes. And our other community is named for the icon Dolores Huerta, and it's called Placida Dolores Huerta. And that that uh, community will be developed in two phases, and as a, for a total of 104 homes, both uh, one, two, and three bedrooms for um, families and individuals there. So you mentioned individuals. I'm curious about that because we have a large population in the Coachella Valley who are singles, and a lot of so-called affordable housing is targeted to families primarily. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about what you have for singles. We do have spaces that have one bedrooms, and usually those are for individuals. So we build uh, that mix of units to accommodate those people who reach and qualify for that their income qualifies for those units. The cities uh, will put up uh, their listing programs, and it's usually six months before opening, and then people get on a list, and then they um, and it's a kind of a first come first serve. Um, situation and people are informed by that usually they contact their cities and their cities websites you know it's very interesting this whole thing about affordable housing and I know we're going to get into those subjects Um, we have been doing uh, affordable housing for a very long time in fact um, we go back to 1986 in doing these kinds of community buildings and what we do is um, we provide quality housing and it's inclusive of services for the individuals and families and seniors. We do senior housing as well, senior affordable housing. Some of our communities are are particularly for seniors. And I think it's very important to understand that the housing crisis, and I know that's going to be part of our discussion today, Ken, but the housing crisis is not simply a crisis for the Coachella Valley or California or Riverside (laughs) County or it is a national crisis, yeah, yeah. and I think that's really important to understand that we're not just looking at a municipality or a town that can solve an issue like this, and that it's going to take a lot of changes uh, with, on a national level and a lot of policy changes in order to make a dent into what's happening now. And how big a dent are you able to make? It uh, sounds like the demand far exceeds even what you're able to supply. Can you kind of give us that perspective? Each um, area, the counties and their um, their municipalities within those counties, have been established. A number has est- has been established by the state that looks at the entire population and has come up with what they call, and what we all say, a RENA number, and that's the Regional Housing Assessment Needs and needs assessment and 
has established how many homes are needed to be built on the affordable low-income, moderate, and low, very low-income level. Can we make a dent into what's needed? Well, Coachella Valley has a very assertive and aggressive program, and it is um, if Lift to Rise is the organization that brings us all together on all these levels, and they have really moved out as um, asserting themselves to build at least 10,000 units right here in the Coachella Valley. Wow. It does make a dent. Yeah, uh, it does make a dent, and that's sort of within the next five years, and we are all watching the pipeline of community development throughout all of the nine desert cities areas and some of the unincorporated areas that make up the Coachella Valley. And I think that the supply and demand, which is certainly the bottom line of what's happening here, is still problematic, and there are many things that lead to some of those challenges. But we um, we move forward and take each step, and I think certainly Chalk is doing, um, uh, and I'm very proud to be part of the organization, Ken. They have um, met the challenges and continue to move forward to uh, do do well on the commitments that we made, and this is the heart of what we do. A lot of um, market rate developers would say that we're crazy. (laughs) 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 Why are you doing that? You know, it's so much work, but you know, it's a passion. And Uh I have been bitten by that passion, Ken. I have been bitten by the let's make a better world passion. And this is um, certainly I've joined people who want to see that effort uh, go forward and bring uh, housing to as many people as we possibly can. Now, where are you primarily building these? And let me tell you why I'm asking this question, because so many of the jobs are located around Palm Springs, Rancho Mirage, that area, but the affordable land would be more likely to be around Coachella, which creates a transportation issue for workers. Are you able to build closer to where people work, or do you have a transportation uh, solution for them? You know, it isn't up to us, and Mm -hmm. I wish that it was. Um, It's more about what cities have as far as available land and where it can be built within each city. The jobs themselves go along with the development. We're trying to meet a a need that's already there. Mm -hmm. It's not as if we're looking at, here's jobs, let's build homes there. And that's very different from workforce housing. Uh, In workforce housing, you would have a company, let's say, um, you know, a company comes in, they have uh, staffing and employees, and they decide they want homes built for that workforce. That's very different. What we're doing now is meeting a need that's been, that's there already. And we're just, we're just trying to catch up to where we already exist. So, uh, I think there's a little bit of a difference there. And so what is the available land and which of the towns have land and where they can uh, build a community or an affordable housing community becomes more of the challenge, both for the municipality and we follow suit. Once they've established where they can be built, then they usually have a request for a proposal, and this whole thing becomes a competitive issue. So let me ask you, from the time you make a proposal to a city to the day the first tenant moves in, what's their typical span? You could be looking at between three to five years. Three to five years. 
at I've, least three years to get going. I mean, it, wow. it takes that long because you have the whole pre-development period. And, you know, that's another thing. So now you're a nonprofit or even if you're a for-market developer, for-market developer, for-profit, you, um, you've spent a certain amount of money in doing what they call pre-development. You do your drawings, you get it through city, you know, have to bring it to city council, and then you're not awarded that particular contract. So you've spent money, and it's a good, po and there is the possibility that you're not going to go forward with your um, your community. So uh, these are some of the challenges. But ultimately, if you stay in long enough and keep submitting and keep moving forward, um, and the then there's political will, and that would be in zoning and rezoning and permitting and and development fees and you know all of those pieces that go along with development you can indeed build your community. Presumably all of this delay also raises the cost of construction, is that right? You're so right about that, because the budget that you've projected, even with a percentage in there for normal times, doesn't mean you're going to be safe. And then comes the pandemic, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> it's like there, there are certain things that you can't account for. Let me know. ask you this. If you, yeah. were, if you were talking to the governor who was as passionate about this as you are and who had the authority to, with a wave of a pen, make things happen. What could be done to streamline this process? I have to think about that, Ken, because if I were talking to the governor, I would only say one thing, and that would be we have to put more money into, the, into housing. And the other part is also... Uh, jobs and uh, social service programs, because these are some of the issues that have put us into the place that we're in right now. You have kind of a unique problem in the Coachella Valley in that it is still a seasonal tourist economy. What do you do in the summer months when people can't pay their rent because they've been furloughed? Well, in our communities, we don't have that issue because mm -hmm. their their rent is stable. So there's no change in that. And for the most part, um, people who are living in affordable housing are are not seeing their they're, they're not seeing the furloughs. And usually, they are they are the essential workers uh, uh, to that to that degree. So we don't we're not really seeing that issue. But you know, you bring up a really good um, issue about the economy itself and tourism. And I think one of the things that we're looking at in the Coachella Valley, and I think we're also looking at this in California. And certainly, the governor has stated. Um, we're looking at clean energy jobs, solar. I mean, we're looking at a whole new green economy, particularly with uh, the governor talking about uh, no no fossil fuel, no new fossil fuel automobiles being built by 2035. So we're looking at um, a different kind of economy, and certain programs now are being created to move people into those areas right now. And I think that's a really, really important thing, because if you were going to move out of the uh, the tourist economy, then we have to look at good-paying jobs that are beyond um, simply service industry jobs. Can you kind of walk us through a, an audio virtual tour of the Monarch Project and kind of give us a sense of what the uh, surrounding facilities look like? I mean, are there pools, tennis courts, uh, golf courses? <laughs> you know, I, I'm exaggerating, yes. of course, but give us a sense of what the, uh, like a single person's apartment might look like, might be a good place to start. You're looking at a design, certainly in the Monarch, that uh, reflects the area. It's, um, you have the Wexler homes out there. 
the design reflects that design. You're finding that your doorway to your home it may be a certain color that, that is considered part of uh, the Palm Springs color palette. And you're walking through a beautiful area. You're looking at a splash pad uh, for children where they can play um, in, a, in, a, uh, in a water feature, basically. And you're looking at um, uh, you're looking at landscaping that attracts monarch butterflies. So there you go. Ah, that, that's the that's the name comes from that, right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, it does. And so, um, and and we're really uh, it, our design is a feature. Uh, that's a really big feature for chalk. Um, chalk is very interested in design and into um, integrating the design in so that you don't. It's not public housing, you know, what people what that brings to mind sort of um, uh, prison cells, you know. Yeah, the bars on and the windows kind at, of things, right? Yeah, Yeah, and blocks of, of concrete, you yeah. know, there's your public housing, take that. But what we look at is um, the design anybody would feel proud to be, uh, in fact, People who are not, um, who don't meet the criteria for income, often come by to see if they can rent one of our apartments because the design is critical and it needs to be integrated so that people, um, so not just for the people around it and the surrounding area, but for the people who actually are living in there and living in the community. And they're happy to be in that community because their home reflects the aesthetic of the neighborhood that they live in. Are there other amenities like a gym or anything like that on the property? We do have a community room, mm -hmm. and in that community room are all kinds of programs, including after-school programs and uh, programs for people to uh, socialize and, and that sort of thing. So we do have that community room. And in fact, that's a feature of affordable housing in general. It's one of the regulations of the state, so they're very conscious of creating uh, and supporting community. And so um, that's a feature of our, our communities as well. So, so for the it's, children... It's, it, a very, it, it, it's a very exciting thing to be able to, to be part of something like this, Ken. So, for example, for the children, is there like an outdoor uh, little play area? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. always have the outdoor play area, and the splash pad is, is part of that. Is there a lottery process because the demand exceeds supply? It's a listing process. And so people do get on the list, and um, and and you know, oftentimes, uh, as as that moment happens, sometimes people drop out, and other people get closer to the top of the list. But as you can guess, um, the uh, the demand far outweighs the supply. That is that is traditionally true in any community. So it all goes back to you just can't build it fast enough uh, to handle those people who really need housing um, at, at these levels. Where's the next project planned? I'd like to see Chalk do some, some uh, affordable housing in, in uh, Rancho Mirage and in La Quinta and in Indio um, of, and Palm Desert. Well, let me just say we, we will look at every opportunity that comes our way and see how we can add to the community's value and bring as much housing as possible and as quickly as possible to those who need it. Now, you're the regional director for Southern California. What other Southern California communities are you focusing on? We really do about a 100-mile range um, or a 60-mile range with uh, the uh, 
the center of it being here in Palm Springs. Hmm. We haven't gone out of the Coachella Valley. We do we do have a uh, a community right now in uh, Paris, mm-hmm. and that will probably be a rehab or a renovation. But we haven't gotten out of um, the Coachella Valley yet in terms of new construction. Is there anything new on the drawing boards? Are you going to expand into other kinds of housing, or is this going to be your focus? This is pretty much, this is what we do, and this is who we are, and it's a big enough challenge, Ken, yeah. to do what we do, <laughs> yeah. and so to keep meeting that challenge is, it, it's not, it's a heavy lift, but it's, it's, it's the most rewarding, uh, it's the most rewarding thing to do for us, especially knowing that you're making the world just a little bit better than the way you came into it and that you're making a big difference in people's lives. Are you looking for volunteers or philanthropic uh, donations? We do. um, Our services and our our social impact, our division, we do have community social impact, community impact division, and there, by goods and and for children usually, Mm. uh, school supplies and, and, and arts and crafts supplies and that kind of thing, and that's what the money usually goes for. That we um, that we get donations for. Is there anything else we want to uh, that I haven't touched on? You'd like to speak about? Well, I, I think it's it's um, it's a critical uh, and it's important to know h- how we actually got here. And you have to remember that um, the problem that we're facing today didn't just happen, you know, within even even five years or even ten years in that you really can trace it back to 1981. And the uh, drastic housing cuts in 1981 turned a worsening urban affordability crisis into the nation's worst mass homelessness since the Depression. Hmm. Um, Federal spending was reduced. um, The uh, military budget was escalated and funds for domestic programs that assisted the working class um, and, and for the poor were just slashed. And, you know, we saw um, racial discriminations by banks and real estate agents and landlords, and that was unmonitored in the 1980s. And we had the whole issue about the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act, uh, the redlining issues. Um, These uh, 60% slashing of those local governments, the federal assistance to those local governments was slashed, uh, general revenue sharing to the cities, Mm. um, this whole war on crime and now we've we criminalized the the people who are 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 struggling to survive and so it's been a long long process i just read an article the other day i think the headline was something like uh, 50% i think that was the number 50% of millennials can't afford uh housing in their area now the millennials would be older workers mind you we're not talking about Gen Z yeah, that are just point. starting out. That's right. So if 50% mm-hmm. or maybe it was 30%, well, let's say it's 30%. 30% millennials can't afford housing in their area. That is a serious problem. Now, it is a serious problem. And, you know, and that problem is, um, is complicated and concentrated. And, you know, this goes back to the student loan scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so because we, we are talking about millennials who are still carrying uh, some of that Debt. Debt. And, yeah. and, and and why? Because during the time that certain um, administrations were in power, what was the job creation level? They happened to graduate school and did not find those jobs 
available to them. And so you had more than overqualified people working at at, at jobs that they were jobs they could have had after high school, were, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so they could not afford to pay off those. So yes, we had a college educated. Uh, generation, but the jobs did not exist in that moment. Yeah. So that's why we can't look at housing by itself. We have to look at all of these uh, inextricably linked issues that create that um, that environment for how we got here. How do they get in touch? Uh, can you want to give us uh, your web address? Yes, you can find us at uh, www.chalkhousing.org. And um, we, you can see some of our communities there, and you can see who we are, and you can also see the design of our latest communities here in Coachella Valley. And you can, uh, you'll be alerted as to when that list opens up in the cities. And do check uh, Palm Springs Affordable Housing, and also the city of Coachella has an affordable housing page as well. Joy Silver, Regional Director, Southern California of the Community Housing Opportunities Corporation. What a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about a very important topic. I thank you so much, Ken, and I look forward to uh, coming on your show again soon sometime. Okay, we'll get an update uh, as you develop your next project. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of The Public Record, the Coachella Valley's business news weekly. Be sure to tell your friends and click that subscribe button on your favorite podcast host. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen, reminding you to make someone's day with something nice to say. We'll see you next time.